This is the Bedford Blues Podcast. Well, I'm absolutely delighted to be in the Larry Webb room at uh, Goddington Road, a room steeped in history, uh, and alongside me is a man um, who's steeped in his own little bit of blues history. Um, he's been here um, nigh on 15 years, um, and um, I'm absolutely delighted to have him alongside us, uh, not only to talk about um, the current situation, but mostly about the last 10 years, certainly the last decade. Mike Rayer, good morning, I should say. We are in the morning, aren't we, just about? How yeah. are we? Morning, Sam. Yeah, all good. All yeah, good. Just um, been down the market, set up the stall down there, so one of the many jobs. It never, get to it, do. it never ceases to amaze me what you director directors of rugby get up to, you know, because at a club like this, there's never really a place to go and hide. You can't really sort of shy away from everything. You've got to get stuck in. No, you know, and that's part of the job I I enjoy is um, you know doing something tangible like that. You know, clearing the snow or you know sweeping the changing rooms out. Um, you know, we're a small staff here and and. I will one day sit down and, and, and write a complete list of my job description, but it, uh, it seems to get added to, to every year. But but I enjoy that, you know. That's not uh, it's not across the bed at all. It's um, it's part of what uh, makes this club uh, such a special place to be at. You are one of the longest-standing directors of rugby, if not the most longest-standing directors of rugby in 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 top flight rugby in in England. I mean, you touch on it there. Is that the reason? Because this club offers so many different things for you to get involved with? <laughs> well, this year certainly thrown up a lot of interesting <laughs> things. That, and, you know, my 15th season, and uh, I'm still having to deal with stuff that I've never dealt with in the past. Um, so, yeah, look, it definitely, um, it's, um, it's definitely a, a job that uh, throws lots of stuff at you. Um, and, and, you know, hate being reactionary, but sometimes you have to, you have to put some fires out. You know, the bottom line is my responsibility is the rugby, and and, and that's the you know that's my real driver. Is um, you know obviously we're going to come on to next on to this season shortly, but um, you know we've got a job around this year, and 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 you know week on week, session on session, year on year, it's, it's about you know improving um, each and every player, and or trying to improve each and every player, and obviously each and every person, and that's that's you know that's um, that's. Kind of one of my main main objectives is to is to turn out good people. When you think back to two thousand and five and arriving at this at this club, a club that you knew already and that you had some understanding of, does it ever cross your mind as to the fact that you are still here fifteen <laughs> years later? Was it ever a plan? Was it was it only? I mean, you've said it many times mm-hmm. to me, sort of a, a year by year sort of process. Of, uh, you know. A, what did you you always term it as a, a three year contract that you're that you're still not yet well, to see yeah. the end of? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm you know I'm uh, forty and a half years into a three year plan. That, that, that's that's uh, um, a little ditto that I that I, that I use. Um, no, look, the honest answer: if you said two thousand and five, I'd have still been here in uh, you know going into a, you know another decade, if you like. Um, then um, I don't think. Um, I don't think I would have quite believed you, given the nature of uh, you know the industry really uh, and, and the job. Um, however, um, it's just been a great fit. You know, I got to say a, a brilliant relationship with the chairman. You know, we got a new, relatively new board, um, and dynamic board now, um, and, and developing relationships with them, and uh, hopefully. Um, you know, it's whenever it happens in the future. You know, I've left a, a little bit of a legacy here. So, you know, I, as I said to you, and you've just you've touched on it there. That um, you know, 
as a rugby player, um, like I wasn't, wasn't my ambition to play for Wales. Um, it was a dream, you know. It was, you know, watching them great teams of the seventies play, and then trying to replicate them over, uh, over the Haley Park, the Field of Dreams in Lander North, where I, where I was born and bred. Um, and it's a similar, similar approach really to, to, to the job um, that I brought here. You know, if, like at the end of the day, if if I'm seen to be doing my job on a day-to-day basis, who not who knows what's around the corner? You know, I've had a couple of offers in the past, but nothing's ever been the right time for me. Um, and generally, my life in rugby has revolved around timing. Because even when I was playing, I wasn't the quickest, so I had to rely on a lot of timing. Um, you know, to make any sort of line breaks. But um, look, um, again, it's such a such a massive rugby town. Um, I get a real buzz on on match days, particularly at Golden Road. And um, you know, as I said, um, I really enjoy trying to develop um, players and people. Um, you know, at, th- at this level, um, you know, there's a lot of growth in, in, in players, uh, and it's a fantastic shop window. You know, me and the chairman always spoke at the very start about making this place the best place to be in in the town. Um, come three o'clock on a Saturday or whatever time kickoff was, and um, that's been our mantra really. And to do that, you've got to play entertaining, expansive rugby um, with the guys expressing themselves. Um, if you'd have been a damper last week, mind you, you wouldn't have said that with the amount of malls that were there. But um, needs must. <laughs> well, it takes all sorts, doesn't it? And sometimes the game, the game, you know, takes that sort of uh, takes that route. So um, you've got to got to go with it. But uh, yeah, look, I, I, you know, never look past um, you know a couple of weeks in advance. Really, um, I feel extremely privileged to have been here for this long. Um, some may too, some may say too long, you know, but that's other people's. Uh, Opinion and, and um, you know ultimately that'll be down to the board to decide um, you know which way that goes. Um, hopefully, in the distant future, because um, you know I'm, I'm, I still enjoy it. Like and, and, and to be honest, I know everyone everyone uh, thinks we're in it with a tough time at the moment. I felt exactly the same last year and the year before, towards the end of the season, fighting for that third place. So it doesn't matter where we are in the league. I, I'll always have them same emotions, um, striving to to get and. and be as best as we can, really. How do you think you've developed? How do you think you've changed? Yeah, look, I think, um, if, if I'm honest, um, when I first came here, and I'll go back to one of the original questions, 2005 was quite daunting, because I'd kind of been coaching um, in the academy at Cardiff Blues, and then the Cardiff Rugby Club semi-pro team, which had graduated through the under-21s, which we'd brought through. Um, so we had a lot of young lads there who we were able to shape and 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 uh, and drive, um, playing adult rugby. And of course, when I first came here, suddenly in a change with Matt Allen, John Phillips, Arthur Brett, a lot of seasoned uh, rugby players. So that's quite daunting for me. It's my first real sort of proper senior rugby job. Um, but I found because because of um, uh, my connection with through th- sort of I guess of an era with them, I had a, had a, a real connection with them in terms of. Um, um, understanding how they operated and, and uh, we weren't too distant in age if you know what I mean that's what I'm trying to say <laughs> yeah. um, uh, so my man management skills back back then I thought were, were outstanding I, I think over the years outstanding I just shouldn't have said that really. I, they, were, they, were, they were one of my strengths sorry they were one of my strengths I shouldn't have said that. I, I, I nodded a lot I agree with you <laughs> that's for other people to, to say that um, uh, and I guess over the years because you know, come come every sort of March, April, then you you're having to build for the following season, and suddenly, um, you know, 
relationships start to, to break down because of contracts and things like that. And um, and you get a bit gnarled, you know, you, you get chipped away at you. Your personality gets chipped away at because you're having to effectively put people out of work, you know, and that's that's, that's not, not the nicest part of the job. Um, I've always, I've always struck me as an incredibly difficult dynamic, the sort of element, as you mentioned there, of bringing them in throughout the season and then getting to a stage in the season where you kind of have to create distance because it becomes about business again. Yeah, oh, it's, it's, it's a real tough part of the job. And, and, and you know, I, there were some periods through uh, my tenure now that, you know, the cycle had come to an end. It's the, you know, the, the championship is always, and probably is even now, still a two, three-year cycle. Um, because you know, you know, the the team that Rudy put together kind of got broken up three years. Um, you know, uh, when I first came in, so you know, Brooksy left and um, Chris Johnson. You know, he, he kind of had a bit of an injury that year. So Tongoia moved on. So you know, we lost a, a spy on the team and, and Arthur and uh, and and um, JP were coming to the end. Um, and Matt, Matty Allen as well. So that was a tough, tough because they were great. They were great when I first came here. I could have asked for a for a better group to to, to put my first senior role in, in essence. Um, so that that was a tough time. And then you know, then you know, in 2013, you know, the side that got to the final that broke up naturally because mm. boys went on to went on to Premiership and um, and the like. So uh, yeah, it always seems to be on a on a two or three year cycle. So. Uh, naturally happens sometimes, but often you have to make some some tough decisions, and and I guess you become um, a little a little bit um, insular in uh, in your approach and and a little bit more guarded in, in how you, uh, you you kind of create the relationships. But you know, by and large, um, you know, I like to like to get inside um, what makes the the player and the person um, function. Um, but ultimately, it, it'll come down to um, you know a tough time come March and, and April when uh, you have to make some big, big decisions. How much time do you spend reflecting? How much time do you uh, spend looking back? Well, I think you have to reflect. There's no no doubt about that. That's the first thing we do post training session as coaches, and then um, and understand why or, or what's the reason behind perhaps it won such a great session or why was it such a, a great session, and then we obviously reflect after the game. But you know we have to park it pretty quickly and move on. So. Um, you know, there's prep done a week in advance for the following week, um, so you're ready to go. We park the games, you know, Monday afternoon as soon as we leave the, the classroom, get out on the training pitch, and everything's geared towards the following Saturday. So, but 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 look, I'm not going to sit you say and say I get over a loss particularly um, for the early part of the week. It probably takes me to Thursday to to, to come to terms with it. But um, you know, we're still we're still. Uh, out there, as I said, prepping for um, for, the, for the next game. Do you think about certain teams at certain points in the in the? You talk about holding on to things. The next season, when you come up against that team, who did you? Did, does it does it still stick in the mind? Do you think, oh, I'd like to do it here because of what happened last season? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, look, I, no, not really, no, because again, as I said, because because there's so much um, upheaval and turnaround. Uh, of players in in championship squads, it's, it it you know you don't, you don't probably do that. Well, you, what I do remember is moments mm. of certain games. You know, a semi final at London Welsh when a certain player threw a pass, pretty much the touch judge. When you know if we'd gone to hand, we would have would have won the game and gone to the final. So there's there's moments like that, and um, you know, but obviously there's other moments like Ali Heath was dropped goal down a down at Exeter, 
in my first season, which got us to the final. So, um, yeah, um, I guess being Welsh, the negative ones outweigh the, <laughs> the good ones, but that's just just my nature. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, look, there's like moments down down uh, forty and a half years of memories, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're just they're moments, you know. And uh, um, you know, there's, there's been some been some great ones, I have to say. We're going to sort of delve into the last decade. Um, are you any good at holding on to the timeline of things? Do, do you do you remember when and where things are? If I was to say to you, you know, 2014, you know, who was your fullback? Would you be able to remember that, or, or does it all merge into one? Um, yeah, it can do at times merge into one, but yeah, look, um, with a bit of prompting, I can pretty much remember the um, the names of everybody from year to year. Um, piecing them together can be a struggle at times, but. Um, I've I've done a team that I think, and I, and I kind of am going to try and represent a little bit of the fans' view of it. You you may disagree with some of these, but but some of these names are uh, are the ones that, that that stick in my mind of players who've come and, and made an impact for various different reasons. Um, I, the first one I'm going to do it in order. I'm going to from from fullback. And before I mention this this chap's name, I'm I'm going to sort of say because you were a fullback, even now when you watch a game. Is there ele- any element of your eye being drawn to that position because of the fact that you played there? No, not really. No, I mean, um, I try and get a bird's eye view of the game because obviously where people know what I stand from behind the post because that's kind of where I spent most of my playing career. Not behind the post, but <laughs> watching um, watching the game from the back, if you like. Um, but no, the, it's changed. The, you know, the a massive amount now. You know, um, the back three. Um, you know, working together um, in that pendulum. I mean, it's a hell of a lot of work they cover now. The wingers are, tend to be a lot higher these days, so fullbacks and, and blindside wings got a lot more more space to cover. So um, I don't don't really look look at it that way. I'm trying to look at it an overall perspective, and we, you know, obviously you can see the lineouts um, and off scrums. You can see how they're defending and and, and spaced on blindside things like that. So I'm look, constantly looking for looking for space to exploit. Um, and, um, and and body language of the 9 and 10, which pro- probably, I suppose in that sense, I am, as a fullback doing what I did as a player, looking for space and obviously looking for, for body language off uh, the halfbacks, giving us um, a clue as to where they're going to attack. There are two names that jump out at fullback. Um, one sort of bridges the, the, the decades split and, in fact, was probably playing some of his... Best rugby, sort of 2010, 2011, 2012, and, that, and that's James Pritchard. But the person I've put in my team, purely because of his ability to do things on a rugby pitch, which I haven't really seen too many people do at Goldington Road, is, is Rich Lane. Mm. Uh, I mean, would you, would you agree? Would, would, you, would those two names stick out? Is there anyone yeah, else? Yeah, no, to look, it's, it's hard. It's hard, very hard to disagree yeah. with, with them two, and, and certainly um, in terms of longevity, then Pritch is probably the number, number one in that sense. Um, Took a big risk in making him captain because um, he's always quite a laid-back character. But I thought he was magnificent in um, four years. He w- he was captain here. He really stepped up to the plate and um, and, and probably played um, his best rugby during that time, in my opinion. Um, having said that, Lane has been been brilliant since we we moved him back to to fullback. We always, we were, truth be told, we were looking at um, we were looking for a thirteen. You know, we offered a point of difference at the time we signed him, and he obviously started there. But then. You know his, his background is sort of back three, and then you know we thought we'd well 
would he get a bit more license when he when we put him back at 15 and, and he you know he's he's obviously taken to it like a duck to water but you know I think he, he was already played there in his in his younger days so um yeah he's one of, he's one of these players who makes you sit on the edge of your seat don't you you know and the more we get get the ball in his hands the you know I, I think the better performance is 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 forthcoming from us so yeah I, look you know Lane has done really well outstandingly well actually um, certainly in the last uh, couple of seasons but before that Pritch was um, was pretty much untouchable at full, full back um, and um, and his leadership as well you know certainly when he's captain so Pritch would be the one I'd say at this moment in time on the on the right wing um, I I was spooling through programmes and, and, and sort of remembering all the sort of different chaps that we've, we've had out wide. And wingers have always been drawn to Bedford because there was a chance that they were going to get the ball. A <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, couple of names to talk about. Not not the name that I put in the 14 shirt, but but James Stevenson, when he was here, I thought did an incredible job and a little bit unlucky to, to, to not push on and, and, mm. and find himself. And the other one, another boy who hasn't quite realised the potential I thought he showed was George Perkins as well. A brief word on those two? Yeah, look, a um, lot of time for the pair of them. Um, uh, Steve had a brilliant start to the season with us and uh, you know he was he was into everything, really good defender, outstanding over the ball actually. Uh, he turned a lot of ball over that. that there was only way for a, for a season, I think, wasn't mm-hmm. he? Yeah, so, um, and probably went... Agri went to season too soon. He probably mm. could have done another another season here, um, learning his trade. Um, oh look, look, what a what a finisher George Perkins was. I mean, mm. from the first game at Bristol that particular season where he he scored two, um, to London Welsh where he scored two, to the one I live forever in my 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 my, my memory is uh, Boxing Day mm. when when he scored under the posts. Um, you know, with a with the last minute try, they sent uh, four four and a half thousand people through the roof. So, yeah, Perko again was an outstanding finisher as well. I've picked Dean Adamson though on the right wing. Yeah, I have. Well, okay. You see, this yeah, is this yeah, is where you yeah, roll your yeah, eyes yeah, at yeah, me yeah. and say, but I've gone I've gone for <laughs> Dean Adamson because on the on the other wing, I I put Josh Bassett. Mm. Would you would you say that those two would 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 make a good wing pairing if if you could bring them back together? If you could find the right foot between a pair of them. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. But look, we're spoiled for choice, you know. I, you know that that's, you know it's a real tough one in terms of balance of a team. You know, Josh was um, was was a revelation really when he when he burst onto the scene. I think he was 17 years of age down in down in Swansea. Mm. We played on a Wednesday night down in, in the old BNI Cup, and um, you know he took you know took to like duck to water and uh, whatever. You know, every time he you know he um, a big game came around, he stepped up to the mark. You know. Um, a fair play to him. He went to a World Cup with with England in the twenties, and, uh, and obviously kicked on with with Was. So um, yeah, it's a great story. Really, really great story. Yeah. Unlucky, really, to not push on. Every time I see him play, you know, in the Premiership at the moment, he always does well. He he seems mm. to do the the simple things and the straightforward things exceptionally well. And was that something that you saw at the, at the Blues? Just somebody who worked incredibly hard. A bit more than that, yeah. Look, you know, he, yeah. he's, a, he's he's physically he's he's quite a physical specimen, um, but his you know his ability to come off off his wing and and, and work around the breakdown actually off nine. I remember him scoring a couple of tries when done in Plymouth and one up in the last minute up in Doncaster, um, and uh, so his work rate was, was phenomenal. Um, but just just his um, his desire to improve, you know, every training session, and. Um, 
you know, he, he got what he deserved in the end, which was, um, you know, contract at Wasp. It's, it, uh, but got to say, in the Premiership, you know, there, there's some unbelievable wingers around. So obviously, it's uh, it's tough going, but you never know. Who do you think I've picked in the centres? Um, see, this is where I struggle because you, I mean, well, I don't struggle actually. My fav- one of my favourite pairings was Bouge and um, and Faz. Yeah. Um, they were one because they were just starting to come into fruition one season, and then Faz went off to Connaught. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and uh, I would love to have seen a bit more of them because I thought they were they were a, they were a great combination starting to flourish. So Bouge is definitely there without a shadow. He is. He's a thirteen. Yeah. He isn't at yeah. thirteen. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 Tom Tom Griffiths, you know. Well, yeah. see that that was yeah. a name. I mean, mm. I've I've put Mark Atkinson in there mm. um, because I know yeah. that, that he sort of really enjoyed himself and, and mm. seemed to really flourish in 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 the sort of role that you gave yeah. him, and it's yeah. a role that actually he's now making hay with down at mm. Gloucester. But the other name was Tom Griffiths. Did did we? Did we not again? You talk about talk about Tom Farrell, but there, yeah. the other the other one was was Tom Griffiths as well. Mm. Did, when I when I watched him play, I I just wanted to to get more and more opportunity. Yeah, in the no, it, yeah, absolutely. And you know, we we didn't see him enough for our liking. You know, <laughs> he was brilliant when he was here, and, and he's a great lad. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, from now on in at the Dragons, he's been playing recently. Hopefully, he'll get a bit of an injury free run because he, he just picked up a couple too many injuries. But but. Uh, uh, you know, Aki was Aki was outstanding. There's no two ways about that. Um, keep saying we've got great wingers, but you know we've had great wingers. But I mean, if you think of you know previous with Billy Twelve Trees mm. and you know Matt Allen and um, Bouge, Tom Farrell, Tom Griffiths, Mark Atkinson. I mean, there's a terrific, um, terrific lot of centres there. But um, I, I, I couldn't disagree with um, with uh, Mark Atkinson and, and Bouge in the centres really. It's a tantalising prospect. Duncan Taylor, where was he? Yeah, Duncan Taylor just just, just before. Gone, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's mm. just around about there in 2010, 2011. Yeah, he would have gone anywhere. Um, at half back, um, I picked a I picked a a fan favourite at ten. But I, my question to you is, what was it like trying to coach and watch Jake Sharp? Sometimes, <laughs> you know what. What what? How did it feel? Because I mean, even as the most ardent of fans, sometimes we were like, "Oh Lord, what is he doing?" <laughs> I I gotta say, first and foremost, Jake was the most talented player I've ever coached um, in twenty odd years. He could do anything he wanted. You know what, what he needed was somebody in his head sometimes telling. Cause, you know, for instance, line kicking. If he'd miss a miss touch, um, you know, we'd all go hold our hands. You know, hitting our hands. But if I went out there with him in training and said, "Right, go and hit that person with a red bubble hat on on the head," he would hit him right on the head. So you know, he had that ability. He just didn't engage his brain <laughs> during during the match to actually pick out targets. For instance, on online kicking to to to, to get us some some real good field position. Um, but he made, he was fantastic for us. But, but again, you know, Miles Dorian mm-hmm. was. Was terrific when he came back in in that second spell for us as well, um, and helped us get to um, get to the uh, the final. Um, but I just thought that the pair of them were were the perfect blend for us. Um, and actually, Milo in his first edge played in the centre and did a really good job as well. So, um, but but certainly, um, I think Jake Jake was um, was outstanding for us. 
you know, he, he was always available, um, very rarely injured, um, and just knew the game. Um, look, obviously there's frustrations with that, but I think they were massively outweighed by um, by what he brought to us in an attacking sense. Um, and, and having him and Milo was a perfect perfect combination of slightly different contrasting um, styles, really. Do you need that, a half-back, sort of? Yeah, I think so. A yin and a yang. Yeah, I think so. You know, George Ford, Owen Farrell, um, Dan Bigger and Gareth Anscombe, as it was, or Rhys Batchel did a good job in, 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 in the World Cup as well. So I think it's, um, you know, bringing something different and, and, and depending on the opposition, it'd be nice to have that choice of going in with, you know, sometimes at home you'd want Jake out there, you know, setting the setting the tone, and then and then Milo coming on to finish it. Um, but but we were equally um, equally at ease having either of them in our team at the time. At nine, I I thought about Dalvin and Dahl certainly at the start of the of the decade. Um, again, a player who who I think played some of his best rugby in that period. But actually, towards the end of the decade, we had a gentleman come and and, and sort of take the blues by the scruff of the neck in the shape of Lee Dixon and and, and and I can't really get past the way that he sort of brought brought the best out of the blues last season. Yeah, look, Lee was Lee's been terrific. Um and um in terms of leadership, in terms of what we were wanting to be delivered, um you know, he was a great uh sounding board and, and, and actually could deliver that to, to the players because he had a, a real connection being a player coach with them. And same with Alex Ray. You know, last couple of years as a player coach, they're able to get that. You know, or reinforce the messages we we were trying to get over as coaches. And but yeah, leadership, just enthusiasm, understood the game, speed of play. I mean, suited us. Um, you know, all facets really, because tactically he understood the game as well. So, you know, got he had what, 18 caps for England. So you know, it's a fair bit of experience and and fair play. We took a big chance in investing in him, um, and it paid off. Absolutely paid off in in, in buckets really. Um, but look, you know, we've had some we've had some really good nines over the years. Um, Darrell being one of them, you know, Darrell on his day could t- tear the defences apart, and um, yeah, you know he was uh, he was great for us. Um, you know, Luke Baldwin was great in that season. We went to the final as well, so you know there's been some some good nines sort of past three years as well. I'm going to go into the pack. Um, have you as your appreciation as a director of is your appreciation of the forwards? Um, improved as <laughs> as the years have gone by. Do you know what? Like years ago, we always think send them on a four mile run, <laughs> so there'd be more space for us to run around in. But um, do you know what? Now I'm I'm in nothing but all of them because we're asking certainly the front rowers. We're asking them to, you know, not just scrum and line out. We're asking them to defend properly in a really really fluid situation. Um, you know, they got to lift in restarts. Um, they got a ball carry. They got to pass the ball. They got to play scrum half. They got to, you know, it's, it's such a, you know, multifaceted thing. Clear out breakdowns. I mean, you know, I have nothing but all of them now because um, I watch them scrimmage, and I'm thinking, oh, you know, they, they, they're um, working really hard here, and that's just scrimmaging in isolation. That's without all the other parts of the game. So, it's massive. The forwards are huge, and you know, second rows as well. They're um, they're equally, uh, you know multi-faceted sort of faceted rugby players these days um, need to have all the skills. So at Loosehead, I toyed with the idea of Camillo, mainly, mainly because I just loved his personality <laughs> around the club and, and what he was able to do, and, and certainly um, he played his part in some, some big games. 
But actually, I've gone with the current club captain, Sean mm. McCarthy, mainly because, and perhaps we haven't seen it as much this season, but certainly the ball-playing skill of a loose head. You talk about the way the game has changed. You know, He, he is the archetypal modern-day loose head, isn't he? Well, without a shadow of a doubt, I'd probably, I'd probably say he's a, one of our best rugby players. Mm. You know, regardless of his number on his back, he um, he can do everything: pass the ball twenty meters, hold the width, um, carry, scrum, um, lift, um, understand the game, um, defend. And um, look, it's been tough for him this year as captain, but uh, you know we're rallying behind him, and I'm sure he come through. He's showing signs the last few weeks that he's getting back to the show we've we've seen over the last couple of seasons, and um, you know he's fit. Um, he's like a back rower on the loose loose head. Um, gets around the park and and really leads by example in terms of what he brings as a player. A hooker, um, again, a, a chap who I think has improved a great deal over the last three years is, is is Jacob Fields. I think he's done exceptionally well. I think Charlie Clare can be in this conversation as well. But I actually go right back to the start of the decade and pick out Neil Cochran, who for me was possibly the most eye-catching of hookers we've 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 had in, in 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 recent times at Bedford Blues he just seemed to do so much work around the park yeah another great rugby player again like having another back row forward on it and, and, and he, he did an incredible job of you know uh, moving positions from back row in, into uh, into the middle of the front row and that's, uh, that's such a hard um, hard job to do and and, it, and he was great luck is you know that we used to laugh with him really that um, his arrows throwing in weren't the best but you'd know within two phases he'd gone and won the ball back so he, he was brilliant at parking his sort of close skill set and then going going to catch you and win the ball back would actually was probably better for us in a in a broken field situation on turnover you know we were, we were far better equipped to, to, to break sides down from, from them situations so um, you know obviously he, he polished his um, he polished his line out throwing up and you know, fair play to the lad. He's gone on and had a, a great, you know, full professional career at Wasps and um, and Edinburgh. So um, yeah, w- without without question. Um, although Charlie was magnificent last year for us, and um, and Cubby's coming through, and he's you know he's got a, we've got a great little one there as well. But we want to keep them quiet, so <laughs> not too much said about them. But but certainly, um, you know, we haven't seen Cubby at his best this year um, because of an injury. But but the last two weeks he's really stepped up. A tight head. It's it's very difficult. Tight head. There's there's one player who I thought, when he came onto the field, from a scrum point of view, from a set piece point of view, was was always going to deliver, and 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 that's Ben Cooper. But then from a longevity point of view, you've you've got someone like Phil Bolton. They weren't they weren't similar players, mm. but but equally as important. And how important is tight head? I mean, it. it they talk about it being the cornerstone. Mm. It, it is that way. Yeah, definitely. And, and Dan Seal. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, Dan was brilliant for us for a couple of you know few seasons actually. Um, you know, he, he was there in, in the cup final as well. So, um, yeah, you, you know, you, you want you want that anchor. At the, and I, I know people say the game's moved away from from the set piece stuff, but to be honest, with the pitches and 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 some of the nutritional nature of the championship, you need a you need a, a good scrummage. I mean. Coops did it for a number of years for us, and he was better when he came back in his second stint um, after after London Welsh. Um, but Bolts, you know, I mean, God, he played over two hundred games for us, so you know, Bolts would be would would definitely be in there. Um, yeah, you know, and actually, when we when we signed Bolts uh, along with Sam Walsh, you know, mm-hmm. we, we both thought they could kick on and and, and become Premiership players. Um, 
Uh, just didn't quite happen for them, but um, certainly had all the potential boats. There's no doubt about that. Um, and he's still trucking it up now for Coventry. So um, <laughs> yeah, look, he, uh, he he played a you know huge amount of games for us and um, and became a real leader in the end. In the second row, I've put Mark Flanagan and Paul Tupai. Now. <laughs> I know there's a few, fair few people. Mike Howard will be very upset to, to not be named there. Uh, again, a, a, a man who's, who's done exceptionally well in the engine room. Uh, and, and of late, I, I would also put, you know, when they fired well, Will Carrick-Smith, Ed Taylor, those sort of guys very there. But, but, but Mark Flanagan, in, again, a man who had another, two spells back mm. at the club. Talk about that just as a sideline. I mean, that's, that's quite an endorsement to come back to a club. And there's a number of players mm. who have come back to this club and, and, and Flanagan was one of them. And there wasn't much hesitation in, in him mm. coming back. Did, do you think, but in a funny sort of way, do you think we, do we see his potential? Because he, he, he gave of his, of his best but didn't quite get the opportunity in the Premiership. Oh, he was a, he was oh, a great player. No, he was just, he was outstanding for us. You know, a real class operator around the line, out around the field. Um, look, he had a number of years in France as well. Be proud to come in here, um, and you know he, he had to take that opportunity to go to Saracens. And um, but you look what was what was ahead of him, and it was always going to be a tough task. And, and, and Mark, like most of these guys, you know, like Charlie, they want to play week in week out. Um, and, and I think that's the reason why they come back is they can see a genuine opportunity here because we operate a small squad. Mm. Is to do something they they love and enjoy, and which is the playing side of it. Um, I'm sure he had great experience at Saris, but obviously we offered him a, a real opportunity to, to play week in, week out and run our line out and he matured greatly as a, as a, as a player and, and as, a, uh, as a person as well. You know, he was great around the lads and um, we enjoyed, enjoyed having him around here. And the, the other one in that conversation is Paul Tupai. Mm. He should really have stopped playing around 2012. <laughs> How on earth did he do what he did? Well, I signed him as a 33-year-old from Northampton and... Little did I know I was going to have ten years out of him. I mean, it's it's quite remarkable, really. Um, but he, he was the heartbeat, and has been the heartbeat of the last decade for us, and still continues to do that. He uh, he helps out the training now, and he's on the sideline at uh, <coughs> at the matches. So um, we probably miss him more this year than ever because he's been right in the thick of it, um, rolling his sleeves up and battling uh, alongside the troops. But. Um, I don't think he'd be happy in the second row, though, would he? No, he wouldn't. Uh, but I, I, we'll get to the back row. Okay, well, let's, the reason let's why he made the back row first. <laughs> was he? I mean, he he did go and do a job for you in the second row. I mean, he did. Yeah. He did. You chuck him on anywhere, wouldn't you? Look, you could have put him in any jersey one to eight. Even now, I, it, he'd go out there and do a job for a period of time. You know, he, he was he forty five now. Yeah. Um, and uh, he would still do a job. Now he's got such fire in his belly and such passion, and he just loves his place. And you know, as a you know, as a coach, you couldn't ask for more in a player. If we had fifteen Paul Tupies out there every week, you know, we'd be unbeatable. The back row was very interesting. I mean, I, I could have hashed this a number of different ways. There's lots of good players who've come through. The the six shirt was an interesting one. Um, a Ray certainly came into it as far as sort of somebody who's. Who's really always given everything you could possibly could do. Um, I know they weren't strictly sixes or sevens, but they were always interchangeable. Budgie and, and Blanchet. I've actually given it to Gregor Galanders at the start of that 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 uh, the start of the decade. I I felt that you know sort of 2011, 2012, 2013. We when Gregor played well, Bedford played well. Would that be fair to say? Well, he's, he's similar influence to to. 
to Alex Ray really, and and they were they were quite similar players. They both were great around the lineout time, both are great at keeping the width, great footballer, really good at restarts, which which is a, a skill that's probably not uh, recognised as much as um, the other set piece stuff. Um, yeah, and again understood the game. Um, yeah, that they they're probably very similar um, in what what they could could bring, and and and, and actually we we actually played um, Alex Ray at seven, and just to be have him on the pitch. Um, on a few occasions as well, so yeah, there's lots of names you could, you could throw in at six. Um, you know, over the years we've had uh, we've had some, some some really good back rowers knocking around. At seven, um, I had to put Sasha Harding in. I mean, as far as a Bedford boy living his mm. dream and yeah. bashing the hell out of everyone who came near him, there wasn't too many better, was there? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. He, he wore his heart on his sleeve, Sash. Um, understood, understood his game. You know, he probably one of the most silkiest players. But you know, just wind him up and send him out there and let him do his stuff. You know, clearing rucks, defending, uh, running over the top of people. Um, you know, he was um, he was terrific and uh, and durable as well. Fit, fit lad. Um, and well, Bedford had this tattooed on his heart, if you like. Um, but again, you know, you, you've got to you've got to pick balance in your back row yeah. sometimes, and and often we picked Greg and Alex Ray at six, who offered a bit more football than perhaps Sasha did. And we let him be the destructive one, you know, and um, obviously Toops was at eight at times as well, um, depending um, depending on who we play. And Alex Ray, you know, he played a lot in the second row for us as well. I, you know, I'd have to put I'd have to put, you know, Alex Ray in the second row with Mark Flanagan, with Probably Gregor on the bench and Toops at eight. Okay. Now, I know you're going to say Jared Williams, <laughs> and it's difficult to argue with Jared. I, I, funny but, enough, I, funny enough, we'll get to know, that in a minute. Yeah. But go on. Mm. Uh, uh, but you, you've got to have. I'd have to have them, them boys in there because they were just brilliant servants to this club and uh, and and a, and, a, and a good balance. You know, a really good balance to it. Okay, so number eight, you, you mentioned in there, Jared Williams certainly made an impact. Um, again, back at the, the start of his tenure, I thought Nick Fenton Wells did a very good job. Yeah. I know he left under difficult circumstances. But actually, the name, when I went through it, and, and a chap who perhaps embodied taking his chance at Bedford as best as anyone was Joe Vandermolen. He, he was yeah. a particularly good. And Joel Conlon. And Joe, and Joel, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there was there was quite a yeah. few, but I thought I thought Joe came along and took his chance that, that Bedford had given him with both hands. Yeah, great, and a great team man as well. We loved having Joe around. He was a, he was a good lad, funny lad, um, tough lad as well. Um, you know, we signed him from Southend, and you know, he you know his career sort of um, was was outstanding at Bedford, really. Yeah, just uh, it's a lot of competition in our back row. You've got to say, um, you know, Dan Tem coming in this year showed some outstanding form, along with Joe Atkinson. I think he's going to going to be good for us as well. So we've had we had some some top top players in in them positions. Um, but you know, and, and, and you know, you've got to say, I know Nick Nick didn't didn't end particularly well um, in that run up to that final that year. We had him, and subsequent years when he's captain, he was terrific for us. He barely made a mistake and. Um, was a great leader, um, but look, you know, I, th- I think um, in terms of longevity, we're going on the lines of um, sort of, um, you know, uh, Phil Bolton and mm-hmm. um, you know, Toops, Gregor, mm-hmm. Alex Ray, Sasha. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got to um, you've got to stick with them combinations really mm-hmm. and put 
Toopson in that pack at eight and, and shove Alex Ray in, at, uh, in, a, in the second row. OK, I'm convinced. <laughs> we have spent a good amount of time down memory lane and it's been very enjoyable. Um, but I'm going to sort of jolt you back into the present. Uh, how, how, just how difficult is this compared to any other time in your tenure that you're, you're finding at the moment? I mean, in terms of results, of course, you know, because I'm, I'm sure you've experienced frustration previously. Mm. But in, in terms of the results just not going for us, how, how, how difficult is that? Well, look, I guess, um, you know, you do become, we spoke about ref reflective. Um, and actually, you know, there's been certain certain points uh, during games that, you know, if we scored in Coventry, for instance, before half-time, we'd have been 26-12 up. We had to try this allowed. Um, uh, certainly last Saturday was real fresh in the mind. Amtel score right to death because we haven't taken our chances. And, and you know what? For the last two years when we finished third, how many games did we win by one point? So you can't get away from that. You can't be too... You know, um, emotional about it uh, in a sense that, um, of course, it hurts. Of course, it means a lot. And um, you know, but, but we we have to maintain, um, you know, sort of a level um, emotional plane, if you like, um, because if we react, um, you know, to, to in two ends of the spectrum, then uh, um, I guess you 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 become about the result and, and actually you know we've got to keep driving our performances um, and um, you know that's that's kind of where we're at at the moment really is uh, you know the, the lads are incredibly um, incredibly uh, um, tenacious <laughs> they're um, you know we we do get stuck into it on a Monday during the, um, the video sessions the analysis sessions um, we park them straight away and we're out on the pitch again and um and doing what we do, really, um, you know, they're constantly involved in, in the process of, um, of, you know, what what needs delivering. Um, you know, we want to empower them. We want them to give them, you know, enough tools to 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 to, to delve into um, and use um, and create scenarios that hopefully they'll they'll be able to um, transfer from the training pitch onto the onto the field, um, and then the results will come. I've no doubt about that. There, there, there's no, there is there is a talented group there. Um, we haven't quite had the rub of the green. We've had a lot of injuries. Um, you know, people say, "Oh, make excuses," but, but just being factual, you know, we had four or five backs on the better, you know, not 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 in kit last week. So hopefully we'll get them back um, shortly. People like Dean Allenson and, and um, uh, um, Rich Lane, um, and then you know we're uh, we've only had a proper fly offer probably two and a half games so far this year um, and it was great to see Sam Lehman on there last week and um, completing a game you know because the, the lads probably only had 20 minutes in total um, since he'd come to Bedford so um, you know with, again with, with a little bit of luck we will keep them boys fit and healthy and um, and our backs will start to fire I think the forwards have been terrific to be fair to a point they, they're um, you know they've uh, they've certainly held their own this year the line out's been um, particularly Orlando defence has been out, quite outstanding. Uh, I think the opposition on similar like probably after last weekend, well, 65% um, on their own ball. So we've won a lot of ball, even even against the Newcastles and the Elins of this world, we've stolen a lot of ball. So um, it's really part of our, our game that's um, um, been a strength of ours. 
and then um, you know our defence you know has, has, has had to improve. I mean, Elin was was a you know not you know that was probably my darkest day um, of being in charge here, um, which you know one very nice to, to go through at the time, but you know it was it was just as bad for the players who were on the pitch as well, so they were hurting badly as well. So um, we proved against Coventry and we proved again against. Amtil, so hopefully um, we'll continue to improve. Um, ultimately, um, you know, the future is decided by the now, and that's that's what we're concentrating on. So, you know, we've got a big job on our hands, Boxing Day, and um, going through into uh, into into 2020. And the fact remains in the league itself. Um, the cup cup, cam cup campaign was disastrous, I gotta say, and. Um, you know that that's that's my fault. You know it's it, it's um, it's down down to me to have uh, made sure we got in the quarterfinals and and we didn't. Uh, hold my hands up to that. Um, it was uh, started um, badly and, and went downhill from there, <laughs> um, if you like. But uh, look, the league is still all to play for. We've had four games away from home, two games at home, um, and the two games at home were Ealing and Newcastle. So uh, the fixtures haven't been kind to us starting off, but uh, you know now we've got um, you know opportunities now from Boxing Day onwards to to really have a good crack at this league table, and um, you know you know whatever we end up, um, then some decisions will have to be made, I guess. Um, either way, do you feel the pressure? Yeah, I feel it every year. As I said to you earlier in the piece, uh, even even last year when we were in third. You know, both seasons, I think we gone. We had to win the last game to remain in third, and you know, Cornish Pipe's been breathing down our neck. And I feel pressure then. So it doesn't matter which time of the year it is, whether it's the start or the end of it. Um, you know, the, 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 there's a pressure, but, the, but I have to say, the only pressure is coming for myself. It's not coming for anybody else. Um, you know, the board are, board are dead supportive, um, but but it's the pressure you put on yourself as an individual. And uh, you know, I'm unconscious. I've been here a long time. But that's a driver in, in essence, you know. Um, there's no, there's no way there's any complacency around here. Um, you know, the coaches are working their, their, their asses off, if you like, and can't put anything. I mean, you know, Alex Ray and certainly Larks with his analysis and, and stuff. I mean, he's, um, he's 24 hours you know, trying to find a way, but often it's, often it's, you know, it's not done in a classroom. It, it's done on a, on a training pitch, and it's done. Um, done in a game and, and, and what is confidence what does confidence look like um, that's the big question isn't it And for me confidence comes from preparation and, and uh, you know we, we, we're preparing pretty well um, and our performances are suggesting we're, we're getting back to where we need to be but you know there's some, there's some tough fixes to come over, um, in a not too distant future but um, you know we've got to make sure this place is a fortress now we've got uh, We've got eight eight home games to go, so um, you know that's 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 kind of the the um, the first thing we gotta we start to do is to make sure we we we're, um, we're winning games at Golden Road. When I was young, I, I always thought I wanted to be a coach. It was something that would be be quite good fun. Um, as I've got older, I've got the impression that it isn't a huge amount of fun <laughs> because of how little control that you ultimately have. Is that tough? Yeah, I guess that, yeah, that's 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 the big thing. You know, once they cross that whitewash, you've got no control. And and um, you know, I mean, playing's easy. I've always said that. The playing was the easy part because you know I I could sit in the change rooms after I played, and you know I hated losing. I I you know really couldn't stand losing. But you know what? Within an hour, I'd parked it because I knew I'd given my all. And you know, 
sat next to teammates who had become lifelong friends. Um, as long as I was satisfied that I'd given my all, we'd go and have a beer and um, and enjoy the evening. But but um, you know that's that's what it's all about. You know, never mind the the badge, the cl- the club. It's about the changing room, in essence. That's what rug- rugby's all about. And um, you know, we're we're very fortunate here. The, the the two kind of things work for us. You know, the town is very very much. Uh, rugby town and and intrinsically linked with with the rugby side and and that that transfers onto the players but ultimately you do it for what's in that changing room and, and and what's sat next to you and as long as they can look each other in the eye at the end of the game we can't ask any more of them you know that you know probably said one too many words after the Amtel game but after we look back at it and and, and oh God, we worked hard you know and and Amtel worked hard you know Amtel they um, stuck in there by hook or by crook and. And as long as you stay in games, you've always got a chance to nick it at the end, and that's exactly what happened. But it won for a lack of endeavour and lack of effort. Our guys are putting a, putting a lot of hard work. Um, just unfortunate at the moment, we're going right when we should go left. We're passing when we should kick, um, you know, and, um, uh, and and offloading when we should just carry the ball through the contact. So once that gets, you know, once we once we sort out sort that out, um, you know, we'll, we'll get some performances. It's always fascinating talking to you. Thank you very much for your time today. Um, I wish you all the best for Christmas. I know what you want for Christmas, <laughs> and it'll be delivered on Boxing Day. I want fit players. <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> uh, Five thousand yeah. people here on Boxing Day would be would be pretty pretty good, and a and a, and a W in the column would be absolutely superb. But um, either way, um, just talking about the last sort of ten fifteen years has has brought back a lot of happy mm. memories, um, and. Um, yeah, on behalf of Bedford Blues, thank you. Thank you, Mike Ray. Pleasure. Cheers, Sam.